Hi, this is Dr. Mary Tracy from Northern California Neurotherapy and Neurotraining Strategies. Hi, this is Ethan Ireland, Director of Signal of the Noise. You are listening to the Little Podcast. Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast featuring our neuropsychologists, Dr. Laura Janssen, Dr. Skip Wren, Tech with Santiago Brand, and neurofeedback legend Jay Gunkelman. Our goal is to provide information, promote options for better mental health. This is an all-star cast that are more than happy to share their knowledge with you. My name is Pete, and today we have a special guest, Times Two. Mary Tracy and Ethan Ireland from Signal and the Noise, a documentary featuring our own co-host, Jay Gunkelman. But before we start, we'd like to thank our Patreon business supporters, Outrageous Baking, Tour Talk, Alternative Behavioral Therapy, Amazing Brains, and welcome our newest business supporter, Kelly Feely at Successful Practitioner. We would also... Like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, EEG and me, Side M, Jonathan Rowan, January Terrell, and Loretta T. Outrageous Baking is a dedicated gluten free bakery. Tor Talk wants more people to discover text to speech. Joshua M at Alternative Behavioral Therapy, Neurofeedback Service in Vancouver, Washington. Amazing Brains has two locations in Colorado, Vail Valley and Summit County. And of course, wel- welcoming our newest business supporter, Successful Practitioner. They help professionals navigate the challenges of running a neurofeedback business. Welcome aboard, Kelly Feely. Hey, check out the sixth annual Super Brain Summit this April 8th at Bradley University, featuring Dr. Bruce Wexler, psychiatrist at Yale Medical School. He will discuss neurotherapeutics how can we regulate the brain with computers? Register now at bradley.edu slash ccbr. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the word out. If they can't hear us, we can't help them. Welcome to the show, Mary Tracy and Ethan Ireland from the Gunkelmentary Signal and the Noise. Mary and Jay, let's start with you two. How did you guys first meet? You guys have been in the business a long time. And then, Ethan, how did you meet Mary, and how did you guys all get together to get these bobbleheads going? Okay, so I'm an old EEG tech like Jay, and we started at about the same time, 1970 or so, Jay? Yep. I was in San, Di- San Diego, California, and Jay was in Fargo, North Dakota, just down the street from that guy that owns the wood chipper in the movie, you know? <laughs> working at a state hospital he was working at a state hospital he was just a kid I was 19 years old I was working for the department of the navy it was a research lab we were looking at sleep and performance and I know our paths crossed at at biofeedback and neurofeedback society meetings early on but we never met until recently Um, I went on to pursue uh, academics and got a PhD in physiology and master's in counseling psychology and became a psychophysiologist. And basically I've been doing psychotherapy until about 2012 after having finished seven years of research in hospital environments and the Navy lab doing EEG stuff as a kid. Jay just, you know, he just relied on his brain to carry him through. He didn't need any higher credentials, right, Jay? Well, I did get my bachelor of science degree from North Dakota State University, go bison. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a little tiny university in North, in Fargo, but 
uh, of the last 11 years, they've won the national championship in football nine times. So that, uh, and they're so well-funded. They actually paid for the Montana state, uh, the competition this year for their band to go to the national, uh, the, the, the national tournament and, and actually be there. They, Montana didn't have that kind of money. So uh, the, the folks in Fargo paid for the competitors band to go to the event. So, you know, the sport, bison. that's sporting of them. No, no, that's, that's bison. Oh, sorry. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I got yeah, 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 I'm used to that one. Yeah. That's the double horny thing, you know, so. This is um, the devils. Go devils. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I, I was minding my own business and I get a call. I, I normally review EEGs with people and Mary called me a new customer that wanted to go over EEGs. I think maybe the third time we met, what I was doing, analyzing the EEG wasn't the traditional view of EEGs, only good for epilepsy and encephalopathies, which is the classic. Um, and it's still viewed that way in hospital settings. Um, and she asked me if she could do a documentary. And I'm thinking, well, she'll stop by with a little handheld video camera and ask a couple of questions and that'll be it. It turned into this, you know, Two groups years. of people would come in and take over the house. And there were people with clapping boards and audio people and vi- a couple of different cameras and, you know, people wanting me <laughs> to, to go, you know, do a second take on something. So it turned into a full production thing. And I totally did not expect that. Uh, and, and Ethan and his crew were absolutely top notch that, uh, you know, that they didn't come and trash the house. Uh, this wasn't like a rock band showing up, but it sure felt like it sort of at the time, you know, the uh, <laughs> equipment stacked all over the place in the front rooms and uh, people with cameras and audio gear and stuff all over uh, uh, me sitting in my chair, uh, minding my own business. But hey, 30, I put the null in professional. 30 something hours, 35, 36 hours worth of video later, uh, they, they pieced together two hours of documentary out of it. <clears throat> I'm actually wait, waiting for the outtakes. I hear from Mary oh, yeah. that there's, they have an entire reel of men crying, uh, which is, you know, that, that'd probably be a, a funny one to look at, but I don't know that they're going to release that one. Um, there were a lot of interviews, um, I don't really take compliments well, but uh, when Michael Villanueva said he'd like to throat punch me, that kind of a compliment, I, you know, that was, I, I could deal with that, you know. We so. got some cool stuff on you, Jay. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, when the first time I saw the documentary, I was a little leery because, you know, you can edit it for somebody being the hero or a total, you know, goofball. And a I could probably go either way, you know, so we got both. We got yeah. both. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, let me just add, let me add a comment. If I could, Jay, I had been trained classically as Jay was saying to, you know, to discover things like epilepsy and, and I did sleep research for a long time. And John, John Anderson was my mentor. I, I circled back to the neurofeedback world in 2012 after many, many years of being a full-time psychotherapist took a class from John and I was like shot out of a cannon. And he was so gracious. He and, and Steve Stern, bless his heart, let me sit in John's classes 10 times. And John became my mentor. And he was, 
It was amazing. So man, I got hooked back into neurofeedback again because we had done some of the first studies of alpha neurofeedback training in 1971 after Joe Camilla. We were doing that kind of stuff in the, in the Navy lab at that time, right? So anyway, John decides to retire. He says to Steve, I think you should hire Mary. Steve, lovely. Steve says, I want to give you a job teaching. John's on his way out. And I said, great, I'll do it. And then I took over the QEEG classes and John wanted to stay with the beginning classes and I wanted more education in QEEG and that's why I sought out Jay. But as I, I mean, after the first session of working with Jay, the top of my head blew off and I was like, what? I have never seen anything like this in my life. Like, like he could point out where there was lack of blood flow in the brain. He could point out where there were possibly correlations with neuropsychiatric symptoms in, in the patients that I was doing these EEGs on. And it's like, my God, I, I want more of this stuff. You know, I was, I was totally hooked. And that's, and that, and it's like, ha, has anyone done an oral history on you? Cause Jay's the dinosaur of the QEEG world. <laughs> it, He's bit so by old. Bit, week by week. He's so old. He's seen it all. And if you watch the movie, you'll, you'll see that that history, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. So that's why I, I, and I, the first thing I said to him is, you know, we need to find a moderator. And Jay said, a moderator? I don't need a moderator, I can talk forever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> little did we know we couldn't shut him up. That's why we have 36 hours of film, you guys. Go and then ahead, how, did you find, how did you find Ethan? Well, Ethan was my production person in my, in my clinic and I yeah. already had him and Snay uh, Narani as a production crew, but go ahead, Ethan, you introduce yourself. Uh, I have a kind of an odd journey to this, uh, to this movie. Um, so after spending, uh, at this point, about 20 years, uh, more than uh, now, 20 years, Dan is right about at 20 year mark, uh, making, uh, making films, <laughs> um, I began to try to make a shift into medicine, um, which is, I know, sort of a weird jump, but I wasn't the only one in that. I had done a lot of stuff, you know, preceding this, like I did a lot of, of uh, horror movies because that's, you know, that's what gets made. They're the fast food of the film industry. You know, there's a, they're cheap, they're easy to produce, they're not particularly fulfilling, but there's a bottomless market for it. So did a lot of that stuff, did a lot of sketch comedy, you know, like dick and fart joke type things. And I was just, I got to the point where I just did not feel fulfilled at all. Like I was working on other people's stuff. I wasn't doing anything that seemed like it was making a difference in the world. And so I decided I was going to start getting into more science communication. So I worked with and I uh, started working with an animal behaviorist and veterinarian um, who is uh, now deceased. But um, I went from that and started kind of working more toward, uh, uh, you know, producing content for academics, you know, and clinicians. Because one of the things about when you get to be an expert um, at studying medicine, you tend not to be the great at talking to people. Um, Jay and Mary being the exceptions in this case, but like if you've ever actually tried to sit down and talk to a physician, particularly somebody who's like an infectious disease doc, they, you know, they, they know their field really, really well, but they don't really know how to present it to people in a way that is digestible by uh, a lay audience. And again, Jay is, is one of these people who is able to do that. He's able to, to distill, um, volumes of very dense academic research and boil it down into terms that are immediately uh, accessible 
back in 20, the end of 2017, um, Mary hired me to produce a, a sort of a, like a, what I, what I call basically an infomercial about her clinic. And I was also in the process of, of like I said, uh, transitioning out of film and into medicine, or at least like I was, I was trying to get into a PA program, physician assistant program. Um, I was getting my prerequisites out of the way. And I realized that, okay, I'm going to be wrapped up with all the classes I need in just a couple of months. And I'm going to need to start earning some intern hours. So I asked her if I could volunteer her in her clinic. And she said, absolutely. You can come volunteer in my clinic. In fact, I'll pay you. And not only will I pay you, I'm also going to need some help producing some, you know, basically producing stuff to reach people who are in this community and neurofeedback and, and EEG world. And a lot of these are people who know how to give you know, they can give lectures, but they kind of don't know how to distill what we're doing into communicable content. So I said, all right, fantastic. This is like the best of both worlds. So I, I jumped on and started working with Mary. And within a couple of months, she had had her consult with Jay. And she's like, you got to hear this. And she sent me a lecture that Jay had done. Like she had, and I listened to it. And again, you know, coming at this from, you know, from ba basically an undergrad, you know, uh, perspective, somebody who's taken pre-med classes but I was like wow I'm you know this is fantastic I'm listening to this and it's blowing my mind and I'm not even like <laughs> you know like I just I just have a little bit more um knowledge than the than the average person you know she said all right I want to do a documentary about this guy have you done a documentary feature and I said no <laughs> I've worked on a lot of them I've worked on at, uh, at that point. I'd worked on 14 feature films, um, and I I knew what it was to produce a documentary in theory because I had done a lot of stuff on you know I worked on a bunch of reality TV and I had books on the subject, but I'd never actually produced a documentary feature before. So I was like, okay, well, let's figure out what we're going to do. So we sat down, we kind of worked out what a rough outline was and how we were going to do it, and then um, all of that just got. <laughs> got thrown out the window because as soon as we met Jay and started talking to him, there was, there was so much interesting content that I was like, how are we going to build the story? So we got uh, over the course of the next several months, I, I would go over to his house and sit down and do these interviews with him and, and just get like tons of content. And then there was an event that was held. It was an AAPB. What, what was it? There was no, no it wasn't AAPB. No, we did the conference in Sassoon because Jay yeah. couldn't travel at that time. And so we brought the mountain to the man. That's right. That's what it was. Because people was wanted to do testimonials for the film and they came from all over the world and you filmed them in the hotel in Sassoon. Yeah. Do uh, the Hampton Inn, the Hampton, I don't know what it was. Yeah, called. the Hampton Inn. Yeah. You filmed all of these amazing people doing testimonials about Jay. Yeah, we sat down and we shot a bunch of testimonials of people just sort of asking them about him and and what he'd done. And then also, you know, some other people like Dirk DeRitter and um, uh, who was the other? We, Martine Arns. Uh, yeah, Martine Arns. Sorry. Yeah, we, uh, we, we interviewed uh, Dirk and Martine at Jay's house, uh, which gave her some nice background. But it was like, okay, like, you know, so we, we got a bunch of interviews. We had a bunch of interviews with Jay. And but how are we going to tell the story? Well, where things got. Um... <laughs> well, how, do, how about this? How did you guys fund this thing? Nobody's doing this for free, right? Where'd the money come from? We started a GoFundMe campaign. I think Jay actually recommended that because I was ready to put down a chunk of change on this thing and, and pay Ethan and his crew as well. But it's like GoFundMe, what a great idea. And then the secret weapon behind this whole thing was Jay's partner, Renita. She, did, she got named executive co-producer because 
of all of the background work. She's like a, lo a logistics person, extraordinaire. I mean, and Jay needs something like that to run his life. I mean, somebody <laughs> yeah, yeah. who can organize things, right? And, and so she helped with the graphics. She, I mean, I, I can't tell you what this woman did to assist with that effort. Uh, she helped with the gunkle bobbles. You know, we were, I was having- What is it? Wait, hold on. I what's was a having a gunkle bobble. This yeah, is what's a gunkle, a gunkle bobble. bobble. Look, look behind Laura, the- the, oh, that's the gunkle bobbles? The phalanx of gunkle bobbles back there. So. <laughs> and this this was the award for the movie, the, the golden gunkle bobble. <laughs> Renita, Renita painted this too, right? Yep. Anyway, she was really key to making this whole um, this whole thing working. We got the lady who makes Jay's eye patches to make a ton of eye patches. <laughs> Just for the folks who are listening who aren't actually watching this, what they're showing us is is it looks like a bobblehead doll designed to look like Jay Gunkelman. So a little eye patch on it has a little beard. You know, it looks hydrocephalic because it's a bobblehead. Although Jay's not a hydrocephalic, but the doll looks like that. But it's one of those classic sort of plastic bobblehead dolls that you would stick in a car window back in the day. And we, uh, based off of a, a still that I took of Jay. And you Jay know, has- no, If they I... want to see anything, they got to come to our YouTube channel. Yeah. Don't worry, Ethan. Go ahead, Mary. And Jay has an eye patch. So we got identical eye patches. We had some of them made in this really sexy red color and some of them in black with the little Morlet wavelet. You know, I mean, that's a distinct feature that he's got EEG on his eyeball there. But anyway, yeah. we gave these as incentives. People would donate money. They'd donate $5 or $50 or $100 or $5,000 or however much it was. Yeah. And they would get a gunkle bobble or you know, an eye patch. And then you see the fabric behind Jay's head. That was made yeah. by Rhonda Osborne. She, um, she imported neurofabric from Europe and she made pillows and she made face masks because it was COVID. And she made this amazing quilt and we auctioned quilts and things off at the AAPB meetings. That's how we funded it. Long story long. Very creative. <laughs> Now, do, do you guys have a little clip we can use? Uh, yeah. Here, let, let, let's play the clip now. I basically have considered myself a dead man for 27 years, and it's been very freeing. They had found something. There's something this big, dead center in the middle of my head. It was the body of the tumor and the tail wrapped over the optic chiasm. You know, if it wouldn't have been for being dead, I would have never have popped up into the lecturing world.
Jay Gunkelman. Jay, I would say. Jay, we want to go. Jay wanted to go. Jay has taught me. And I always looked up to Jay. He was the guy. Because of Jay passion, because of Jay ideas. The wonders that Jay has done. For the man called Jay Gunkelman. Jay Gunkelman. Jay Gunkelman. Jay Gunkelman. Jay. Jay. You know, I've never met anybody else that can do what he can do. I've seen him blow away neurologists. I've seen him blow away neurosurgeons. He uh, will help everybody who needs his help. The phenotype model, per the way Jay defined it, is the intermediate step between genetics and behavior. He's trying to understand the truth, the ultimate truth. I can truly say that I have had the opportunity of knowing a genius. This documentary will be a testament to the development of EEG analysis. It's going to help people who come after us who maybe will never have known Jay. Wow. Tell us about that clip, guys. <laughs> that was the trailer that, that Ethan Ethan uh, developed for the film festivals. Ethan, you may want to talk about all of the nominations we've had and, and that clip. So, sorry, the pandemic and the associated shelter-in-place order is what made, made the documentary actually work. Um, and that forced me to think creatively because I was like, well, hell, I'm going to have to get a whole bunch more interviews because I feel like I need to, you know, I can't, you know, I, I, don't, I have a bunch of pieces here, but I don't have like a, a solid story. Like I don't have a good storyline. Wait, I have Zoom. I can hire people remotely to go shoot outdoors and get these interviews. So I got an interview with Rusty Turner, a, doc, uh, a, 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 a pediatric epileptologist in South Carolina. And it would never have occurred to me that I could have gotten an interview with him, and, except for I was like, all right, well, we're all remote now. So I can get interviews with people who are remote. I don't personally have to go record this. I can hire someone to do it, which is, you know, seems like a dumb moment, but I was so focused on thinking of like, okay, where can I go? I have my camera, I have my crew. I'm going to go get this. And it was so focused around like logistically thinking about me going places to get interviews as opposed to, oh, I can conduct the interview with the subject over Zoom and then have a remote camera operator record it and I can just direct his setup of the shot. I can, I, I don't have to be in person for that. So I was able to get some really fantastic interviews with uh, folks like, uh, like I said, with Rusty Turner with, um, um, I'm going to cut this in. Yuri uh, Kopitov. I'm coming to that, but what was his name? Oh. <laughs> Sorry, who's Joe, the guy in Denver? Joe, Joe. Castellano. Joe Thank Castellano. You. Yes. I'm going to come back to that. So I did an interview with Rusty Turner. I got an interview with Joe Castellano, um, sadly, who's deceased now. Um, and then I got to the point where I was like, all right, hey, great. I want to get an interview. With, maybe I can get an interview with Yuri Kopitov. Everybody talks about it. Maybe I could do this. And so I couldn't find anybody um, in, in Russia who I could hire to go do that because, you know, reasons, political, yeah. many, many of them. And so I just wrote to him and I said, you know, can we do this over Zoom? You know, uh, maybe I can get something that's usable. It turns out I actually got something relatively usable over Zoom. I mean, it doesn't look like the video quality is not great, but it doesn't matter so much because we're getting, you know, like it's Yuri. <laughs> you know so um it ended up that it was at that point when i was stuck in in 
my home office doing um, like trying to, to put a story together that I realized that I can get the parts that I need to finish the story and then tell it. The, the, we then began the process of submitting it to try to get into places. At first, I reached out to some distributors, folks on like, um, you know, like video on people who have connections to video on demand. And yeah. there just wasn't that much interest. But uh, we were getting feedback from folks who were in the academic world who were really enthusiastic about it. Like um, Martin Vanderkull, for example, had me and Mary on, uh, or me, Jay, and Mary on to, uh, with his working group because he screened it to them. And suddenly it started blowing up across the academic world. And then suddenly, festivals were taking notice. So um, I, I signed up for uh, a service for distributing um, or for sub basically it's a kind of mass submitting your film to film festivals. And Jay was like, here, I'll throw you some bucks for that because I wasn't going to be able to do that myself. But, you know, he gave us a little fund that we could use to submit it to festivals and it started getting picked up. It got picked up by Film Festival International London. It got picked up by Docs Without Borders. It got picked up by Impact Docs Festival. It got... Um, and it started winning some awards like um, London uh, uh, Film Fest International London. Uh, it got nominated for four different categories, best documentary, uh, the science award, best director of a documentary and the jury prize, which is sort of their equivalent of the best in show, which I was like, <laughs> blew my head right off. I couldn't believe that. Um, got some other ones from uh, uh, Impact Doc Awards. It was nominated as a, for a, um, you know, a mention award, so honorable mention. Um, there's still a number uh, out, out of the, I guess, 14 or so festivals to which I've submitted it. We still have another seven or eight that we're waiting to hear back from. So we'll, we'll see where we go from there. It was declined <laughs> by the Fargo Film Festival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I never, ever was nominated for hair and makeup. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> we'll edit that out in post. <laughs> um, so, so let's just say this thing gets even bigger. I mean, how, what's the next level? How do you get it to the next level? Well, I'm hoping with the festival, um, with the recognition that's getting in festivals, it's going to make it uh, be more in demand, more marketable to distributors. Now, I, I did speak with a distributor um, and he just seemed a little bit like baffled. He was kind of like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like it's going to be all. I can't believe you get that response from neurofeedback. Well, <laughs> you know, I was trying to explain it to him and he didn't know what EEG was. And I was trying to explain what EEG was. And like, I talked about Hans Berger and he was like, wasn't he a Nazi doctor? And I was like, yeah, but this isn't like a pro-Nazi documentary at all. We're not trying to, you know, like he's a problematic, like it kind of got lost on this hole where I was like trying to yeah. like, dig myself out of the fact of like, you know, well, what do you do when it's kind of like, do you separate art from the problematic artist? In this case, well, you know, we have a field that's doing a lot of human good, but, you know, one of the founding people also happened to be a terrible person, you know, Um Sounds like us at the office explaining it. <laughs> so, you know, but, but after that conversation, he, you know, he was sort of like, he didn't seem that inclined to do a whole lot yet. So I'm hoping when I come back either to him or to some other distributors, this will open, uh, I should say, this should open some doors for me to be able to have conversations with other distributors and try to negotiate a better deal so that the folks who put their money into the show 
we'll be able to at least get something back on it um, apart from just like, yay, we made this right. thing that has a huge impact on the community. P- APB is going to be uh, uh, streaming at, at their uh, meeting in March. So at the end, end of March. So it's, it's still being seen here and there. Uh, Bessel van der Kolk's uh, showing of it, I think, did end up penetrating into academics a bit more uh, uh, in his uh, trauma uh, uh, research foundation. My alma mater actually wants to start screening it to their psychology students. Cal State Monterey Bay is like really excited. They're like, hey, one of our grads did this and we're going to show it to our psych department. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's what I want. And I'd like, you know, Cynthia okay. Kirsten to show it to her people. Uh, in her program in neurofeedback. Um, I'm not a movie maker, I'm an EEG educator. And so my sole intention in doing this was to try to help people understand where we came from and where we're going because there's a past and a future tense in this movie. And I have, Ethan and I have offered it to any educational organization who wants to screen it for free. We will give them a time limited uh, password to do that but we don't charge anything. So, you know, my goal um, through for my entire experience in EEG has been to improve the standards and the excellence of not only our ability to analyze EEG reliably, but our ability to deliver neurofeedback and neuromodulatory training as well. And if this movie helps to do that, I'm gonna die a happy woman because I don't have any aspiration to win an Oscar, you know, this is, this is good enough. This is good enough for me. Now, before we forget our listeners, our viewers, and we'll have it in the podcast notes. How can somebody check out the documentary, the Gunkel Mentry? That's a really good question right now, because it's, it's, it's on Vimeo. It's password protected, Right. And so, um, for example, I'm going to put it into my QEEG online didactic course for certification for the diplomate and the technician thing. So everybody who takes my course will have it, right? But if you're not an educational organization, Ethan and I have not really figured out a way to market this yet. And and we need to do that, Ethan. We need to, like, make that next step. Here, how about Venmo? Venmo, right now, our listeners, right now. <laughs> well, here's the complication. How much it's you want? Twenty bucks? Well, no, I, I want to make it. I want to make it really clear, though, that that there are some complications with making it publicly available on Vimeo. Um, those complications are as follows: one, it there are some festivals who won't touch you if it's been released like as an open release on any streaming platform like YouTube or Vimeo. There's festivals that like. They, they want it, but they don't want it to be like, oh, we're showing something that anybody else in the world can get. So it kind of shoots us down. Out of, it, it kind of disqualifies us from being able to, to submit to a number of the festivals that I've submitted. So if we make it publicly available on Vimeo, a bunch of them will be like, sorry, you've been disqualified. Um, some, of the other, uh, some of the other complications How, how about are, this? The, hold on. How about the first 10 emails that are sent to Pete at neuronoodle.com? We'll give them a time-sensitive link to check out this show. Is 10 too much? What do you think? As long as it isn't generally available. I mean, you could make it well, whatever we can number. Well, we can do a time-limited password. I'm totally in on that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love it, Pete. Okay, we'll become well, one 10, of your sponsors. 10. We'll become one of your sponsors, Pete. Oh, there one you go. You're, you already are. 10. 10. One of, I mean, one of my the old friends. Now. 
one of my old friends from Fargo and and the uh, Jamestown State Hospital uh, era uh, uh, indicated on an email that she wanted to show it to a bunch of the psychiatrists that she works with. And so we made an arrangement for them to be able to see it very much like Bessel van der Kolk's group, a, a small group, private group showing. And so that, that's been basically how it's been shown other than the film festivals. Um, uh, there's there's a handful of people that I've given a Vimeo password uh, to to be able to uh, go and, and and see it, but it's not been uh, a general release of of any sort. So that's uh, the other thing too is that if we do a general release now, there's not going to be a like like we want to try to get a distributor to pick it up and and yeah. pay us a little chunk of something for the rights to distribute mm -hmm. it to VOD. And if we make it to general release, and even if we pull it back, say, oh, okay, we're going to take this back off YouTube or, or Vimeo, it's a little bit like, you know, that again, shoots our chances of being able to get a decent distro deal where, like I said, you know, the folks who put money to make this happen might have a, a hope of getting something back, you know, not, not necessarily like, I, I, I hope they can at least recoup their investment as opposed to, you know, again, get a pat, you know, pat on the back and say, golly, thanks. We made a really cool movie that the whole community likes. Okay. So the one place that has been shown more openly was Korea. Uh, they did a Korean translation of the entire uh, video and uh, they showed it in Korea. Uh, uh, now, their segment of it is uh, in Korean with English subtitles um, and it, it was recorded in Korea by them. And then uh, we got that section of it and uh, put it into the documentary, but they, they, they wanted to have uh, uh, the ability to show it in Korea. So they, again, they translated the whole thing. So somewhere there's uh, Korean subtitles uh, with us blabbing over top of it. So. Yeah. Somebody well, subtitled that entire thing. I can't believe it, but, but um, Dave does not have, uh, my permission or Ethan's permission for general release. Again, it's yeah. for, for academic yeah. or educational purposes only. Well, we got Dave Kim on next week. So we'll, uh, Oh, cool. We'll make sure we, uh, come on, Dave. Don't, don't be messing around. <laughs> it's going to cost yeah. you a few caps. Uh, Santiago is actually suggesting that he and I wear, wear our uh, headsets for next week, but I don't, I don't know that we need to distract from, uh, uh, and his uh, everybody in the U.S. is calling him Dave, but it's Dave Kuhn, uh, Kim. So, guys, you have uh, Netflix, you have Prime, you got uh, PBS is not going to give you anything. We got what, Peacock. What, what, Peacock. Peacock. What's your What's your dream? What do you think? Peacock. Peacock. Yeah. Peacock. Really? No, I'm joking. Oh gosh. Okay. Sorry, I was born without a sense of humor. I had to build one out of toothpicks. Well, they're all listening to the podcast right now, so you have your pick. You know, speak to them right now. I'm hoping we get Prime. I mean, that'd be my goal. Uh, that uh, Netflix also tends to carry some good educational content, but um, either Prime, uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix, those are those are the two biggies for me. I want to right. get it distributed to psychiatry programs in the United States. I have no clue how to do that. That would be my goal. So okay. the psychiatrists who think that EEG is this antiquated technique that is done with pen on paper, you know, for long periods of time, they have no idea about the, the, the digital stuff that we do in terms of higher order statistical processing. They don't, they don't know anything about the, the association of neuropsychiatric symptoms 
with the findings in the EEG. And I want to get it into every psychiatry internship or residency program. If you well, have a professor of psychiatry, this is something that they could potentially show to their students. And, you know, uh, uh, historically, psychiatry has not been in a, a group that, or, you know, examines the organ that they treat. Uh, they, they listen to your story. They prescribe medication. Uh, there's not a whole bunch of uh, EG examination going on in psychiatry. The EG is, in, in fact, if you're trying to get certified as an electroencephalographer and you're a psychiatrist, you have to have to go back for a neurology residency. That's how far off it is. So um, it, it, it's almost foreign turf for psychiatry, but it should be exactly ground zero for them. I mean, this this is a, a, a way to non-invasively examine the organ that they're treating and how much better than it does it get than that? When I was, uh, when I was getting my clin- some of my clinical hours in an emergency department uh, called, uh, at North Bay Hospital, I talked, with, uh, uh, I talked with a number of physicians who were there and was telling about, oh yeah, I'm working on this project, this and that and the other thing. And you know, there's this uh, uh, neuroscience researcher who just lives around the corner, yada, yada. And there were some docs who got really, really interested. Um, and when the project was finished, I sent them the link and I heard back from a few of them. Um, one guy, a particular a hospitalist was like, I am incorporating this into my practice. Like I, I'm ordering a lot more EEGs than I used to, especially on psych patients, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm really, really dig this. So if, if the goal is to kind of begin to open the horizons of, of the current medical establishment to, to incorporate the use of what they tend to view as a, uh, uh, an obsolete or antiquated technology, suddenly it's like, oh, wait a minute, we can do this with it? <laughs> so the, the docs that I've been in contact with that I sent it to, most of them are, are had their, their minds blown and are now ordering a lot more EEGs. Uh, if you have some suggestions on distributors whom I can contact, please also email me. Um, I will be happy to reach out to them uh, if you happen to be someone who uh, has those kind of connections. So. And we have this great story from Brian Milstead, who is such a dear friend and a love, who um, apparently was at a bar in Sassoon during one of the conferences that we held, because we <laughs> did two of them. And he was sitting next to some dude, and they were drinking beers, and the guy said, what are you doing? He said, I'm from Chicago. I'm, I'm here for a conference uh, with the Einstein of neuroscience. And the guy goes, well, I'm on the city council. <laughs> Dick, can you tell the rest of that story? <laughs> Yeah, they, they actually approached me and they wanted, to, if you're going to do another one, they wanted to take the organizers through town on a bus tour to show them all the, all the features in Sassoon. And I'm thinking a bus tour, two block walk, you got the whole downtown, you know, so uh, why, why a bus tour? But they were, they were all excited. You know, it, it's, it's truly a small town. And uh, that was the only hotel at the time. There's a um, a Holiday Inn Express that's built next to it now, uh, right on the harbor. It, it, it was a it's a gorgeous little tiny town, and uh, um, yeah, the, the, we we pulled off a meeting with I think thirty five people or something like that at it um, from all over the place. Uh, they they popped in from international uh, uh, folks, uh, at, uh, you know, uh, uh, full fare. What was really funny about that event is that. I, at that 2019, was masked because of my cerebrospinal uh, uh, fluid leak. Everybody in the audience masked up so I could unmask. 
and as we're stepping out of the talk into the hallway, people are coming out with all these masks on. The hotel staff says, is everybody in there sick? You know, so uh, <laughs> I think we had him worried there for a while. Uh, so. It was a janitor and he was a lovely man. And he said, are all those people sick? And I said, no, um, our, our mentor uh, is, needs to be protected. And he shook his head. He said, so it's a, it's a sign of respect. And I said, yes, <laughs> it's a sign of respect and protection. Now, Mary, you're doing a documentary, the same reason why we're doing this podcast. It's, you know, we're not looking to make a killing. You know, we're trying to break even and get the word out because it's so hard to get people to understand what's going on to, to show them how they can get better. And uh, if it's a documentary, the podcast, you know, whatever, you know, so if anybody's listening out there, they can help us get this, get this distributed, uh, you know. Again, the first 10 emails that I get, uh, we'll, we'll let you check it out now. Pete at uh, neuronoodle.com. And, Mary, and Ethan, yeah. Ethan you've, you've seen Laura changing her background pretty uh, frequently there. I think you've got another talent to play with with the video editing here. She's, she's uh, uh, tossed up the <laughs> bobblehead features and uh, pictures of probably off the documentary of me sitting in this chair. Uh, the, the one thing that was constant for every one of the times they showed up to do videos is I would put on my business shirt. Uh, I, I have 12 uh, silk uh, tropical blend uh, shirts because I, I can't take heat. So like Superman. Uh, and, and I've got uh, the business logo on it. All of the bobbleheads, except for this one, which was a, a kind of a proof, they all have the little business logo, kind of a smudge on the shirt. Uh, but but this one is free of it. There you go. Uh, so uh, uh, I would always just put on my business shirt. And uh, so it uh, didn't matter which time they shot. I had the same outfit. Let me just say, yeah. Laura, you, you and Pete and, and Jay, you know this too, although you haven't had a clinical practice. The, the most common question I get as a neurofeedback clinician when people come in is, how come nobody's ever heard of this? <laughs> The yeah. most common question, like, are you for real? I've tried everything. Nothing has worked. I still have all these mental health problems. I had a stroke. Nobody's been able to help me. I had a TBI two years ago. I was a straight A student. I, I can barely walk now. Can you help me? It's like, yeah, I can help you. But how come nobody's heard about this? And it's because it's so technical. Think about taking your average cl psychology clinician, because most of the people in this field are psychologists, and telling them, well, you really have to learn a lot about the brain and you have to learn a lot about electronics and filters and software and you have to buy a ton of equipment and it's really expensive and you have to set up a practice and then you have to get mentored for six to 12 to 18 months and then you'll be golden. <laughs> then you can have a practice, really, right? I have a really cool story. Uh, it's, it's cool and kind of, kind of weird and tragic and coincidental, but here's, a, here's the interesting story. After we wrapped this project um, and we did our first screening in October, two months later, my wife got into a car accident. She got rear-ended and she got um, a, a severe concussion as a result. Um, she, uh, I really just want to take a second and say, like, I am so incredibly grateful uh, to Mary and Jay that 
for being able to help my wife achieve a, a full recovery. Like she was, she was out of work for four months. You know, she had, she, she had some pretty severe, uh, concussion symptoms when it was acute. And, um, like I was just so grateful that I happened to have been in the position of having made this film and, and was in still in like immediate direct contact with, with people who are basically experts in, in concussion rehab that I was able to be like, all right, let's get you right. You know, like I got right on the phone with Jay and said, what do I do? And he gave, you know, and he gave me some advice that we then talked to her physician and her physician was also like, okay, yeah, well, let's do that. <laughs> like her, her, her direct, like her personal physician was, was so um, like, just, he was astonished and that he, he went along, like he went with the treatment and she's had a complete, uh, complete recovery. Like it's at this point, you know, over a year later and she's, she's doing fine. Mary was in charge of her neurofeedback regimen and, 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 and as and just the, sort of the weekly checking in with her about like, how are you doing? How are your symptoms? But like between the two of them, I don't, I, I just, she gets to have a life. Mary, uh, Tell us about uh, your practice. Where are you at? The people that are listening right now, can we uh, give a little plug to people in the Cali yeah, area? Northern, Northern California Neurotherapy is in Davis, California. I'm like 40 minutes away from Jay, right next door to University of California. I'm two blocks away from UC Davis. So I've got some really great connections there. But um, I just retired from neurofeedback practice in January of last year. So I'm a newbie as far as semi-retirement goes. I'm still doing QEEG work. I'm still doing acquisitions. And, um, and I'm still processing EEGs with my mentor, uh, Mr. Gunkelman here. And so I have no intention of slowing down. Um, I'm passionate about this. And I have been teaching... Um, neurofeedback and QEEG for Stens Corporation for a number of years now, and they were just sold out uh, to Mind Media. And Mind Media is owned by Erwin Hartsucker, who I think is going to be a guest on your show in the future. He, he's the CEO. And it was yeah, he is. And it was established in 1992, and he's the, the originator of Nexus 10 and Nexus 32 technology. And I have to say, after having taught um, university classes in psychology, mostly physiological psychology classes on the UC Davis campus for a number of years, I was a little bit skeptical about teaching for a distributor like Steve. But mm -hmm. after having seen John's teaching, which was equivalent to anything I, I knew about or I had done at the college level, and, and after seeing... Steve's really impeccable um, sales ethic. He would never, ever pressure anybody in a classroom situation for a sale, ever. His philosophy was, if the science is good and you do a good job with your didactics and you've got the best amplifier and sensor system on the planet, we're going to be fine. And he was. He, he did very well with that. And Erwin, of course, is totally on board with this. He has created two entities, Mind Media USA and Stens Academy, which will be the distributor of our coursework online. And pretty soon we're going to be teaching in person again. I'm thrilled. John Anderson and Tony Hughes, our biofeedback instructor, is totally thrilled that we're going to be working for Mind Media now in a teaching capacity. 
And the other person I, I want to give a shout out to is Kathy Cabral, who is one of the most intelligent, organized, and professional uh, women that I've ever met in my life. She has been the backbone of the Stens operation for many years, especially during COVID at times, she was the only employee. And she is this woman who's like the guy who changed the hats in the Andy of Mayberry show. Do you remember right, that right, old right. guy? Mm -hmm. he, he did everything in town. He'd be the postmaster and the fired man and the whole business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what Kathy's been doing for years. And congratulations, Kathy. Um, she's just been promoted to chief financial officer of Mind Media USA. Whoa! Which is which is like big totally, shout out. Okay, totally what this woman deserves. And so we're we're in a transition, and it's so difficult right now because Kathy's been the person who's kept the the clients happy. You know, she's been she's passionate about EEG and biofeedback, and that's why she stays in this job as difficult as it gets. And she wants to continue with that tradition in the future, but the transition has been difficult. Supply chain problems, a, a foreign entity buying a company in the United States is almost impossible nowadays. But anyway, thank you, Kathy. We're very, very, very happy. Congratulations, Kathy. Yeah, I'm the uh, non-member of the uh, Gunkelmentary. Uh, it, it, it's it's fascinating uh, story. Um, and to be honest, I haven't seen it because you can't get it. Um, but I, I'm dying to, to see it one day. Um, I'm so sorry. No, I didn't I'm share good. it with her. Oh, you well, said don't I, share he, it. I didn't. He, no, he, you can share it with her. When, when he's he when he 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 can be trusted. Let me tell you. I, I knocked on his door. He said no. But no. Um, seriously. Uh, I'm I'm glad you guys uh, came to do this for us here with the Neuro Noodle. You know, I came at this. Um, you know, as from the traditional psychology route and neuropsychology route, and I have the license and the check boxes and all the certifications to make myself legal. And um, I, I've learned none of this stuff in, in real school. And, uh, you know, it's a real shame that it's not more uh, wide, widespread. And, you know, I'm glad that everyone's doing their, their part to get the word out. Um, we, we definitely can help a lot of people um, and it's just this gap in um, information. And so to be able to have a accessible movie or documentary, I, th I think is fantastic. And it, it should be out there in every psychiatry uh, uh, class and neurology and, you know, you know, go on and on. Um, so thank you guys for, for doing this with us. I give you my permission to see the film. Pete, please give her the password. And yes, please give it to Skip as well. And I, I don't know if Santiago has seen it, but um, please uh, give it to Santiago. I, I, I will. They'll be one of the first ten emails that I get that uh, they'll get access to it. I am uh, a video producer for hire. If you are interested in uh, hiring my services as a video producer, having seen the the, the Gunkelmentary, um, you have a clinic that uh, you would like to let people know about. You can hire me. My rates are very reasonable. Um, you can reach me at ethan.ireland.gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ethan C. Ireland as well. Um, I have, uh, I can also, you can look me up on IMDB and see all the different projects that I've worked on. Um, beyond that, uh, I also have a podcast called the Cinemania Society podcast, uh, which you can also, if you want to send a tweet to, at TCS underscore Cinemania. 
where we analyze uh, what I like to call cinema esoterica. So weird films that leave a lasting impression on the viewer, which uh, is what we define as being cinemania. I watched a cinemania episode and the, the back and forth uh, interaction and banter reminded me of the fire sign theater albums uh, <laughs> of the past. If, if anybody's old enough to know those. So. Uh, I'm old enough to have heard some Firesign Theater stuff, uh, and that is very high praise. Thank you for saying yeah. so, Jay. Uh, anybody wants to listen to the podcast, we're at the cinema, sorry, at thecinemaniasociety.podbean.com. You can listen to the episodes. We've got two up. We drop an episode every other Wednesday. Thank you, Pete. Thank you so you much. Can, oh, you got it. Hey, we thank you all for listening to NeuroNoodles, Neurofeedback, and Neuropsychology Podcasts. I'd like to thank our Patreon business supporters, Outrageous Baking. They're a dedicated gluten-free bakery that's been around for 15 years. Check them out at outrageousbaking.com. Tor Talk wants more people to discover text-to-speech at tortalk.se. An alternative behavioral therapy neurofeedback service in Vancouver, Washington. Just ask for Joshua M. Amazing Brains. They have their two locations in Colorado and Vail Valley and Summit County. Ask for Micah. Great dude. Successful practitioner, Kelly Philly, he will help you operate your neurofeedback business. Try him out now with a free 25-minute consult. Check out the link in the notes. We also say, hey, thanks to our supporters, EEG and me, M, Jonathan Rowan, January Terrell, and we'd like to welcome our new supporter, Loretta T. Hey, check out the 6th Annual Super Brain Summit this April 8th at Bradley University. Laura, are you going? I am going to go, I think, um, for the last couple of years because of COVID, it's been remote. I think they're doing a hybrid, so you can uh, go there in person or you can uh, do it remotely. So, yeah, Bradley University is fantastic. Lori Russell, Dr. Lori Russell is my mentor from uh, a very long time ago, early 90s, trained me in uh, counseling psychology, but um, developed a neurofeedback practice and wrote the textbooks that I think has been used, well, I know it's been used in the uh, STENS classes. So uh, Dr. Lori Russell, big plug, good lady. Well, she's, she's also gonna have Dr. Bruce Wexler there. Uh, he's a psychiatrist at Yale Medical School. He'll discuss neurotherapeutic, neurothera, Laura, what's that word? Therapeutics? That's, that's easy Thank for you. you to say, Pete. That's right, well, you know, bless the- You mean neurotherapeutics? Thank you, I think we'll use Ethan's. How can we regulate the brain with computers? Register at www.bradley.edu slash CC, B as in boy, R as in Robert. Hey, do you have an idea for a topic or guest? Please email Pete at neuronoodle.com. We'll leave us a voicemail uh, with the link in the podcast notes. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And hey, if you really, really, really like us, you can always buy us a coffee on Patreon slash NeuroNoodle. We love our Patreon peeps, don't we, Jay? Absolutely. They get really good coverage here, don't they? Absolutely. Cue the music. Conversation with Jay. Quiet on the set. Okay, quiet on the set. Mark.